Welcome to Business Masters, the podcast that gives you direct access to world-leading experts on key business issues. To be the first to know about future shows and to access even more exclusive content, visit businessblueprint.com and subscribe today. G'day, it's Dale Beaumont here, founder of Business Blueprint, and welcome to another Business Masters podcast. Today, I'm talking with successful copywriter and marketer, Jesse Forrest, and our topic is how to get inside your customer's head. So, Jesse, thanks very much for joining us. Dale, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. So, as a marketer, why is it so important that we get inside the heads of our customers, and what does that actually mean? Great question. Well, I think if you don't understand your prospects, your target audience, their needs, their frustrations, their wants, their desires, then how can you possibly influence or sell to those people, right? So I think a lot of advertising fails because companies don't really understand their their target market that they're trying to sell things to. So products fail because companies or entrepreneurs or whoever they thought they knew what their market wanted, but they were actually quite wrong. You know, there's those famous case studies of New Coke, um, which I believe Bill Cosby was someone promoting in their advertisements, and Coke decided to come up with New Coke, which would be a different taste, a different flavor to the normal Coke that they'd been selling successfully for a long time. And it was a ginormous flop, you know, something you can read in different business textbooks. But Yeah, it was a flop because they simply thought it was a great idea and probably didn't really consult with their target audience or with their existing customers. And therefore, they weren't inside their heads and they came up with something that, you know, was really a product flop. And I think typically an entrepreneur, and maybe it's someone listening to this this podcast, thinks that I've got a great idea for this product and then they go ahead and create it without doing even a minute of research to find out if their great idea is actually something that people actually want to buy. I think find a need and fill it. Is that five words? Yeah, uh, six words. <laughs> Those six words um, spoken about product creation, they're some of the most important words, I believe, because you find a group of people who have a pressing need, a problem they want to overcome, and then you simply give them that need, then that's a surefire way for creating a product or marketing a product that's actually going to to sell. And I think getting inside your customer's head or your target markets, collective heads, is probably the most important set because I think everything stems from there. Your logo, your web design, your images, your advertising copy, everything should stem from what your customers or your potential customers are thinking, especially if your goal is to sell to those people. You have to be in their head. Otherwise, you know, you're kind of shooting blindly in the dark. Mm. A lot of yeah. people, they, you know, we talk about getting inside, you know, your customer's head, their customer's head, they kind of immediately put up a wall and go, but I have so many different types of customers and I don't, I, I sell to everybody. Um, what would you say to, to someone that says, you know, my market is everybody? I think if you think that your market is everybody, then that's a, that's a very dangerous because let's just say your market was everybody, that potentially your product could help help everyone. Trying to advertise to the whole population would be very, very expensive, uh, not to mention incredibly ineffective. I think in order to appeal to everyone, your advertising, your marketing messages would need to be so generic, it would probably end up appealing to nobody. Mm. 
and very weak and very vanilla. So and it would just lack any type of real. You wouldn't really be targeting the specific problems because there's each person is kind of motivated by different things and have different needs, wants, desires, and frustrations, like you've said. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's take an example of perhaps a chiropractor, and they're thinking, well, everyone needs to have better posture. Everyone has to, you know, needs to have, you know, a better body, I guess. So they might mistakenly believe that everyone is their target market, that everyone would benefit from going to this chiropractor. But actually, not everyone is ready or even interested to go to a chiropractor. Not everyone even believes chiropractors in what they do. Um, so it'd be much better to target those who currently have issues and problems with their posture, with their body, aches and pains. The people who are in pain are far more motivated and easier to sell to because they're experiencing that problem. They want a solution, which is what you offer. So it'd be much smarter to market those people, have a headline like, are you in pain, question mark, or backache, question mark. Um, and those people, if you write specifically to those people in pain, and if you almost describe their symptoms in your advertising, and that they're there reading it, nodding their head, going, this is me, this is me, this is me, this person understands me, this person knows what I'm going through, wow, I'm going to, and then there's some kind of offer, they're going to be motivated to contact you. So it's much better, more effective, less costly to market to a specific groups of people than it is to everyone. That's yeah. my my belief. Absolutely. And I was just only walking down the street the other day. I saw it was Alan's hairdressers and his tagline, I love this tagline, specializing in men's, women's and kids' haircuts. <laughs> I'm like, well, is there anyone else like, <laughs> apart from pets? Um, I, you know, I really, yeah. there, there is no focus. I suppose what you're saying is, you know, if you're all things to, to everybody, then, you know, you kind of mean nothing to nobody. You're not really going to stand out. No, you, you want basically what you're saying is to move to a point where people go, this person understands exactly what I'm going through and mm. exactly what's important to me. And uh, then you become a very clear choice inside someone's mind instead of, you know, going, you know, what I say is, you know, getting from, instead of being one of a hundred, you know, vendors or suppliers or products or services, you want to move to a point where you're one of one. So there's no other decision other than just to, to choose you. Um, so let's now go to, into some of the, the kind of the next step. Um, we're talking about uh, how do we begin this process? Uh, how do we start to learn about what's going on inside the heads of our, our customers? And actually before that, we might back up and say, how do we actually pick where we're going to focus? Because there, there could be a lot of different types of customers. We could be focusing on you know, retirees or baby boomers. We could be focusing on, you know, just uh, mothers. We could be focusing on people in the defense force. We could be focusing on accountants. We could be focusing on people that are in the financial services industry. How do we decide where we should focus? That's a great question. So you're, you're really asking, how do you define your target audience or how do you niche down and come up with that group of people, that potentially group of hungry buyers, how do we identify those if at the moment we're probably just targeting generally everyone? I think it comes down to a bit of research, a bit of profiling of your best customers. So as a business owner, if you've been in business for a while, you'll know, you probably know them by name, who are your best customers, who, you know, champion to your cause, who's a raving fan of your business, who buys from you a lot. If you look at your best customers Take, let's say, five or even 10 of them if you can and try to find similarities between those people. 
So if you've been in business for a while and you have customers, hopefully, then you will know who those people are. And it's a matter of looking at your best customers, profiling them and looking for similarities. And if you can, interviewing those people. I I know through your conferences, Dale, at at Business Blueprint, there was a great exercise of creating your avatar, which I think for people who don't know what that means is come up with a customer profile that you can almost describe down to what they like to eat for breakfast. Now, that might be a bit too intimate, but I think the idea is you want to come up with a profile of your customer, of your best customer, of the person you would ideally like to sell to and who is most likely to buy from you. And the best way to do that is to look at your best customers who already has purchased and try to find the similarities. And that will give you, you spend some time on some research doing that, that will give you some really good insights into how you can go and find other people that fit that description, that 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 product, or not product, that prospect description that you have already profiled with your best customers. Do you recommend doing this face-to-face? Do you recommend doing it over the phone? Or do you recommend using a piece of software like, for example, SurveyMonkey, where you can create a bunch of questions, send them an email link, and then give them maybe a bottle of wine if they fill it out? How's the best way in your experience to do this? The best way? Okay, so I've used all two of two or three of those ways. So I've done SurveyMonkey surveys, uh, which is simply creating a survey page, which you don't necessarily have to use. SurveyMonkey, you can use, I believe, Google Forms is free. Also, but let's say you use SurveyMonkey, you're basically creating a survey and you are then sending that to either your email database. You might be advertising it on your website so your visitors are clicking through and you're somehow offering them an incentive if they fill out your survey, which you can do as well. Maybe something that you give them after they've filled out the survey. But ideally, you can do SurveyMonkey, which I've used. You could also interview people uh, face-to-face. I remember growing up uh, in our street, there was some student and one day she was, you know, me and my brothers and the rest of the neighborhood kids were playing in the street and she said, uh, made an announcement to all of us. She said, I will give a Mars, Mars bar, chocolate bar to anyone who wants to come in for five minutes and answer some questions about, you know, your school. And so, of course, we all did. And she was incentivizing us, the neighborhood kids, to basically help her with her studies by answering the survey that she then used the data in her in her course. So incentivizing with some kind of offer is, is quite a good idea, but it can also backfire because some people just want the bonus. They just want the free gift, and they're not nece- necessarily your target audience. So I recommend, if you can, interview people either over Skype or if possible, face-to-face is, is sometimes better. The reason why Skype is great is because just like this call, which we're doing over Skype, you can record it and then you can you know refer back to it. You can listen to it again. You can just focus on asking those great questions and digging deeper in the interview than actually trying to write things down and not really being in the moment because when you record it, you can always listen back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just focus on those questions. So I definitely believe that the ways that you can actually survey your target audience or your potential customers or your existing customers as a means to getting in their head and finding out what they want, what they don't want, what their fears are, everything like that. I do believe that face-to-face is great if you can do it. 
A way to do face-to-face might be going to industry seminars and having your survey there and interviewing people and interviewing as many people as possible. And you may want to incentivize that somehow. You could even get someone else to do this. You could get, you know, a student, you could get an intern, you could get, you know, anyone to go out there and survey your target audience and just ask them a bunch of questions. So you could do that at trade shows, you could do that at industry events, you could do that at conferences. Another way you can do it, I've successfully done it, is emailing your database and asking them specific questions that's then getting into their head. Well, let's get to the questions in just a sec. But before that, I can imagine business owners listening to this now going, yeah, but that's all going to take time. Why should we invest, you know, five hours, 10 hours, 50 hours, however long it's going to take? Why does this, you know, matter? I just want you to kind of put a bit more weight on the scales just so people actually go ahead and do this uh, because of the enormous uh, benefits and rewards. Yeah, absolutely. So why should you even do this in the first place? Why should you survey? Well, I'll give you a case in point. I've just brought up in SurveyMonkey a recent survey that I did. So I have a database and these are people who have subscribed to my newsletter. And I I believed I knew them. I believe through you know sending them emails, through sending them content, from having them comment and interact with me, I believe I knew them and who they were. Well, I was very wrong. So I did a survey because something happened where I thought, I might actually be mistaken here on who I think these people are. My market is uh, business owners who want, obviously, a copywriter. But I've started another training where I'm now teaching people copywriting. And I assumed, just through my own research, that most of the people wanting to learn copywriting, who could be my potential customers, my potential students, I believe the majority of them were female. Now, I did a survey recently. I said, what is your gender? And I'll have you know that 75% are male. <laughs> so only 25% are female. So I was planning on writing you know, my own sales copy that sells a training to this audience. And if I hadn't done this research, then, you, you know, it may have been fine, but I did plan on using the kind of language, and this is getting maybe a little bit off topic, but I was uh, planning on writing to women, which is different from writing to men. Now, the differences are quite subtle, but it may have been an important distinction. Okay, I would have focused more on, do you want to learn copywriting so you can spend more time at home mothering your children and with your children? Now, that's not going to appeal to a guy. And as well, if you're going to be doing any advertising, you probably could, you know, you would be doing advertising on women's websites and that would have been completely off as well. Exactly. Exactly. Everything would have been off. So had I not done that, I also asked, what is your age? What category, which category belong, uh, sorry, which category includes your age? And I found out that the majority were between 20 and 40. So these are 20 year old to 40 year old men. This is my demographic. This is my kind of, you know, age demographic and gender demographic. I was totally off. I was wrong with my own thinking. So surveying, as you can see from this example, is so crucial. The other thing I asked, and this might be jumping ahead into the next question, but I asked them, what is the main reason you want to learn copywriting? I wanted to know why do they want to know what was their motivation and I got some great answers to that, some great responses. And then I look for patterns in those responses. So I look for 
frequently asked questions. So things that people are continually asking and I can then see patterns of this seems to be quite common. And then that now becomes what I'm going to use and say in my advertising, their own language, their own words. And I'd assume here that the answer to that question would be, well, because I want to make money and um, this is, you know, I want it to be my, my profession. Is that the kind of responses that you got or was it something completely different as well? I, you know, it was, there was certainly money was something they wanted to do, mm -hmm. but a lot of people said that they were creative and they wanted a creative outlet. So, and one of the common responses here, which I'm reading right now, is to improve my skill in writing. So that person didn't even mention money. Um, a lot of people mentioned they wanted a creative outlet. A lot of people are just saying that they want to improve their writing skills. Now, money is a factor, and that's going to be a bigger motivator than probably oh, I just want to improve my writing. Those people you know, may not be as motivated as, I, as the people I'm actually going after. But predominantly, yes, it was money. And it was also they wanted to become better writers, which, again, I hadn't really fathomed. Mm. All right. Well, let's get into the questions. What are some of the questions? I know there's probably a list of you know, 50 questions that we could ask, but if we can rattle off some between 5 to 10, I think it would give people a really good idea of give them a good base and then they can brainstorm some of the others themselves. You mentioned you know, their, their age. You mentioned um, you know, male, uh, male, female, why they want to do something. Um, you've mentioned about problems as well. You've mentioned you know, needs, wants, desires, frustrations. How do we turn those into questions to get information which is going to benefit us? Okay, great question, Dale, uh, about questions. And I think it really depends on what you want. It depends on what you plan to do with those answers to the questions you're asking. So I could give you, you know, a general survey template. And to be honest, if you Google common survey questions or survey questions templates, you'll find hundreds, probably thousands of websites offering you example questions you could ask. So definitely go if you want, you know, some sample questions, do that. But I'll give you some today. I think it really come, boils down to what you plan to do with the information. Why do you want to ask those questions? Because everyone's going to be different. And in the past, I remember when I was involved in a, in a dating business and our market was single men and we wanted to survey them so that we had a better insight into their heads. And we started with a very broad survey. So this was a broad survey just to find out how old they were, where they lived. And then we asked one of those questions that lets you know a little bit more about what they're thinking. And it was, what is your number one challenge with women and dating? What is your number one challenge with women and dating? And that was great because then we got a whole bunch of responses and then we started to see patterns. We started to see commonalities. And what we found was one of the biggest challenges was that men didn't know how to start a conversation with a woman they were interested in. That became very common. That was one of the most frequently asked questions or answers. And so then we sent out a second survey now focusing on the whole idea or topic of talking to women. And that got a great response as well. And we were only able to come up with that second survey, which was more specific, which more focused around the challenges uh, that they had with talking to women. And that was great. And because of that second survey and the responses we got, we now had an outline for a product. So one of, one of the 
great questions you can ask is what is your single biggest question you have about blank? And that blank is going to be what your business is. It's going to be what your category is. It's going to be what your topic is. So if you were a business coach teaching people how to start a business, you might say, or even grow their existing business, you could use that question and then end with starting your business or growing your business. What is your single biggest question about starting your business? Um, Or it could be, what is uh, your biggest challenge with starting a business? So when you ask, what is your single biggest question or what is your single biggest challenge with blank, you're basically getting those people to reveal their pain and you get them to reveal their desire. And that's really powerful in your marketing. And then you look for those commonalities. You look for those things that continually come up and then they can become what you do next. Okay. Before we sort of uh, close, once you've done, say you've done this and you've got all this information there and you've processed it and you've now got some insights and and they're profound, what do you then do with that information that you've just uh, recently acquired? Great. So again, it comes down to your reasons for doing the survey in the first place. You know, it really comes down to, well, why did you want to survey them? For me, finding out those what I did after I surveyed my, my customers or my subscribers was I then went ahead and I found out, again, I looked for those patterns in the answers. I looked for the most common things that people said when I asked them their motivations. But when I also asked them what did they, what did they want me to teach in my upcoming videos. So I found the commonalities. Then I went ahead and I wrote down three topics that I was going to talk about. And that would be my content. And I know that when I emailed my list again with this new content, they'd be very responsive in watching my videos and consuming that content. That was my goal. So I've then gone and created these videos. And now when I do my product launch, I know that not only will I be giving them great value with the content, but at the end of the content, I can then talk about my upcoming program, which is my product my coaching. So, and it will be based on all of the insights that you've just acquired. And it will be based on the insights. So I'm giving them, this is more getting into to marketing, but I'm giving them a taste of what they actually want and I give them great value. So they're thinking, this guy is gold. Uh, this content is fantastic. And then I'm saying, hey, if you want more, if you want the expanded version, if you want me to go deeper on this subject, if you want you know, specific training, then I have a program. And so that's going to help me massively in selling to these people because, A, the program is based on what they want, what they told me they want, and the free content is also based on what they want, what they told me they want. Um, not everything they want because a lot of people answered the survey and not, not all of the answers were common. Not you know Some people said some really weird things. <laughs> Someone asked me if I could teach them copywriting in a biblical sense. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> now, one person said that. Does that mean I'm going to go and create a trading video on doing that? No, I'm not. But, you know, when they all said, not all of them, but when a majority said one thing or asked a specific question, I knew that was a hot topic. And so then I go and create training on that. All right. Fabulous. We're out of time. Jesse Forrest, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Thank you, Dale. For more information about Jesse Forrest, please visit thewebcopywriter.com. Thanks for listening to another Business Masters podcast. To access more great content or to download your free business plan template, visit businessblueprint.com.